and welcome back to the ACSC podcast. Uh, thank you very much for the support again on the last episode. It's been great and we're getting a lot of good uh, support on our giveaway. So check them out on Twitter. We're doing one every week. Uh, without further ado, I guess you've probably seen already, we've got two guests on the show this week. So I'll let Warren take over there and he can uh, introduce them. Right, good evening. We've got a, a good lineup for tonight. Two of a good friends, Chris Montgomery and Jacob Walcott. Right, um, to start off with, we'll go for uh, your ultimate six aside. If we start with you, Jacob. Uh, yeah, so first things first, I just want to say my heart goes out to Lloyd Calcott uh, and his family's close friends. Um, I know he's quite close to both of you two, but yeah, just say my heart and my thoughts are with him and his family's close friends. Yeah, back to the six aside, I'd have Ronaldinho. I'll go for a two, one, two. Okay. I'll have a Ronaldinho. And Rooney up front. Yeah. Messi sitting behind them. And then Ramos and Yaya Torre at the back. And then me in goal. I couldn't be up front or anywhere else without <laughs> the <laughs> amount of talent that's on show. So I'd have to stick myself in goal. <laughs> no, oh, sure. wow. <laughs> and you, Chris? Maybe. You'd have to call me Chris, mate. It's fine. Um, right. So I've gone for Peter Schmeichel and goal. Obviously, me being a keeper myself, he was a guy that I absolutely idolised growing up. Uh, obviously, I've gone for myself as a right back in the defence because obviously I played there as well. Um, who else have gone for? We've gone for Roberto Carlos in the defence next to me. Then the midfield, I've gone for Gerard and Scholes. And I've gone for Michael Owen up front. The six aside. That is six, mate, isn't it? Yeah. Brave. Why? What's up with mine? You beat yourself in goal. You beat yourself in goal, mate. At least I picked one out. Yeah, because I know I know the players around me. I know where the weak link is. Well, it certainly ain't going to be me playing right back. What can you do wrong in goal? Uh, Playing right back. Less than you, more than what you can do going in goal. Very different, mate. Right, we'll crack on. Obviously, we're going to be doing this uh, episode on more of um, the sensitive subject of mental health. Um, Colin, obviously, onto your career when you was at Reading, youth coming up to senior, you were uh, released. Um, at that time, is it was it just you that got released, or was it uh, a multiple academy players at that time? And how how do they actually do it? Uh, no, so it was it was multiple people, but it was a mixture of people that come up from the academy as well as some first team. Um, so Howie, I forget Brian Howard, he went on to Portsmouth afterwards, but he was quite prepared. He got released. Uh, a number of first team kind of regulars got released. Uh, but essentially, what they do is the contract will run out, or the the end of the season runs out, kind of May, depending on if you make playoffs or an FA Cup or whatever. Um, the actual contract won't run out until July, 1st of July. So you carry on getting paid up until July. And then if you haven't found the club at the end of July, you get one more payment, whether you're a month's wages, in August. And then after that August, that's it. So do they actually help you find another club or is it just on your own back? No, it's, it's the latter. It's, it's off your own back. So if you've got an agent or you know someone, you know someone, that's always kind of you're into a different club. Um, but if you don't have an agent or anybody kind of acting for you, it's off your own back. Um, and how they kind of release me. So basically, 
before the start of the season, I knew that if I wasn't in the first team around September, I'd be let go at the end of the year. So come September, I was nowhere near the first team, didn't even travel uh, pre-season or anything like that. So I knew from September, bearing in mind, another, what, nine months, I wasn't going to get another contract. Uh, I was supposed to go to Inverness on loan, but I'm sure we'll get into that in a bit. Um, and yeah, so at the end of the season, I already knew going into that kind of final meeting that be no more at Reading. Um, so yeah, it was just sat down with Nicky Hammond, the director of football, and Chris Cummins, who was like the reserve team coach. Uh, and he just kind of, them two sat on one end of the table, me sat at the other. Yeah, we won't be renewing your contract. Yeah, I already knew that with a kind of laugh on my face. Said, no hard feelings, that it's just business, it's just football. I said, yeah, we like you, it's just not going to even have a contract. Took the hands, 45 seconds later, I was out. In my car on the way back home. Obviously, that's love. It's like you were saying; it's quite blunt, and for that must be a massive hit. When, especially at that time, Reading were in the prem, weren't they, or just gone out of the prem? It just so in my time they they'd gone up. I think in two thousand and eight they went up, and then they went back down. And then we had the the year before we had the playoffs against Swansea, and Swansea won. Uh, it was a season after that, so we were still in the championship. They went up that year. Yeah, they went up, and I went out. <laughs> At least it was <laughs> a bang then. But what was your first thoughts when you you did get released then? Um, it was. <clears throat> honest, it felt like the the kind of rug had been pulled from underneath. Even though, I, as I mentioned earlier, even though I knew from September didn't have a club or if it wasn't in the first team that that'll be kind of the end of the road but still the act of, the act of, act of somebody saying you know, your services are no longer required uh, it, it does feel like the rugs been pulled underneath because you're thinking oh, I've got bills to pay I've got this to pay I've got that to pay I need to find another club um, so you have all those kind of of thoughts not necessarily worries but certainly thoughts about finding a new club um, and potentially trialling with other people and Worst time of season, so January, particularly the summer, is the worst time because hundreds and hundreds of players get released, and you're all vying and all fighting for one, two, three, four spots, whatever it might be. Yeah, which obviously does play on your mind. With mentally, obviously you've got to keep yourself strong. How 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 did you cope with it as such of wanting to get back into football straight away of uh, well finding another club? Oh. Uh, <laughs> It was a case of I took a month off, so I had all of May off, I think it was, and then start of June. That's when I went back training, so doing pre-season runs. So I was training twice a day, um, and that always kind of keeps your mind active, I suppose, because you wake up, go and do, go and do your run, you come back, you eat, you'll go out and run again, you do your bits and pieces. So doing that kind of four, five, six days a week helped. Um, but to be honest, as that was June, so as we crept into July and there was still no team, crept into August, still no team, you're going, oh, the money's running out, the bills are still coming in, I've got no club, how am I going to draw an income? I need to live, I need to eat, I need to do yeah. what I need to do. So I think initially, obviously, go on. Obviously, when you obviously put on loan to Red Star, wasn't it? Oh, no, Tower Star, sorry. Yeah. Um, they must obviously sort of thought something... Uh, Oh, thought obviously you're going to be going up there. 
So for them to kind of release you, I would have thought there would have been people banging on the door for you. Uh, yes and no. Um, so there was a couple of offers to go back out to Holland. Um, I didn't take up those offers. There was another offer from a League One team. Um, and I'll tell you just because it's relevant. I won't tell you the club, but I'll tell you kind of reasons why I didn't go there. So <clears throat> this club, the offer on the table was £100 a week. And that's not a lot of money for, for a person playing football or anybody, you know, paper rounds, £100 a week. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I, what I said to myself was if they could put me in a flat or put me in digs, they pay for the accommodation, they pay for food. I'm quite happy to do that. I wouldn't have a life. I would just train, play, train, play, train, play. Yeah. Oopsie. Break into the first team, and then you know the money would come from there. That was the plan. Um, but they turned around and said, "If you're going to kind of worry about or or speak on money at this point, or you're going to like when you start doing well." I was like, "Hundred pound a week. Where am I supposed to live? Where am I supposed to eat?" Um, so I even put it to my mum that I'd. So typically, you, you train on a Monday, Tuesday. You have a Wednesday off. You train Thursday, Friday. You play Saturday, and then you have the Sunday off. And it's like. My thought was I'd go up on the Monday morning, train, sleep in my car, train on the Tuesday, come back to my parents on the Tuesday night, stay the Wednesday, travel up the Thursday morning, train, sleep in my car Thursday night, train on the Friday, and then sleep in my car probably on the Friday night to play on the Saturday. It was a genuine like uh, thing that was running through my head. But that's, is that more because you was always chasing that dream? You didn't want to let it go? So. Yeah, I think because <clears throat> you grow up, uh, well, I mean, I came to football quite late. I started about 10, 11, so I wasn't like 11, so I came to it quite late. Um, but it was always kind of throughout secondary school and I'd be up the first few years after secondary school. But it's all you've ever kind of dreamt of, playing football. So if it meant sleeping in your car three days a week to play football, then that was what I was prepared to do. You know, season before I went out, uh, Money was kind of active. Me and him were friends at this point. Um, but I was out in Holland for six months, but by myself for a month, and then the other four or five months was with another player. So I was willing to travel, willing to sleep in my car, willing to put the hours in. Um, yeah, and things just don't work out, and then you kind of that it's at that point, you know, when you're you're contemplating sleeping in your car to play football. That when you go. Is it for me? Have I got enough to, to do that? Is the fire still there? Evidently, the fire wasn't there, I'd say. But then, obviously, you tried to relinquish that by going, obviously, a bit lower to obviously get your game back up again to be scouted. Obviously, at that point, you've got to, obviously, there must have been a time, even, obviously, at my local, obviously, North Lee, you're doing all right there, scoring a few goals and that. How much scouting is there at that that kind of league to, for you to get back up to a, a, a better division? Uh, very little. I mean, Matty Taylor is probably the best example. Um, but there is, there is there is an element of scouting because uh, he went to Forest Green, didn't he? And then Bristol Rovers, Bristol City, and then Oxford. Um, but he was a good player. He was always scoring goals. So he was the the goals that he would score and kind of elevated him, which he needed to do. The thing is, the uh, best. There's- well, the best story of it is obviously him getting released 
at a young age at Oxford, Oxford. yeah, and then end back there again. <laughs> yeah, because I think he was. I don't. I've only spoke to him a few times. Like he's not a lot close to him. I think he was like a painter or a decorator or something, wasn't he? Well, at North Lee, he was doing something. Yeah, um, um, I think. Well, I think when I remember when he was at Oxford the first time, he was doing a fish and chip van for North Lee. <laughs> <laughs> And then for what he's, you'd say, earning now is leaves a pound. <laughs> yeah, so I know Vardy, Vardy and probably Ian Wright and Stuart Pearce going way, way back, they're probably the best example. Yeah, yeah he's he's certainly like a fairy tale story from a fish and chip van to playing in the championship. <laughs> um, <laughs> good story. Uh, but I guess to answer your question, I guess there is scouting at that level. Um, and there was... So there was I was going to sign for Hayes and Yedin, which were a league or two above. Yeah, uh, but it was a bit of a it was a bit of a travel, you know. The money wasn't great on league. You know? At that particular level, you don't kind of do that full time, or at least I couldn't do it full time. Um, yeah, speaking to Gigi, he was assuring me of these these scouting opportunities that he knew this person, he knew that person. So that's why I kind of stayed in North Lee for that second year when I went elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I guess ultimately, at the end of the day, I didn't catch anybody's eye. Whether it was, and I've always thought that if my heart's not in something, I give 30, 40% of myself. Mm. Whether it's a friendship, a relationship, a football match, work, whatever it is, if my heart's not in it, then like I said, I'm operating at 30, 40%, which is no good. Whether you're in kind of North Leeds League or lower or even higher, it's just not fair on yourself or your teammates or even the the paying fans that are coming to watch, which is not fair. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. My heart's got to be in something, for me anyway. You got anything else, Charlie? I think that covers a lot of that side of things. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies if I spoke. Well, obviously, <laughs> after you finished your football career, you went into, uh, obviously, you had to find a different industry you wanted to. Uh, from a very reliable source, I did hear that you put your CV in to be a cardboard maker. <laughs> I've still not forgiven him to this day. Can you keep this bit in? Can you keep this bit in? I've still not forgiven him for that. Um, oh, never forget that. Never forget that day. Never forget that day. So, yeah, so you've, it's um, you know, a bit like we spoke about Matty Taylor going from a fish chip van to championship. It's kind of like that, but in reverse. You go from playing in packed stadiums, playing international games, to I need a job. I need to get money. If that means working at a cardboard factory with one of your mates just to bring money in, while you still chase that dream, then you know, I was prepared to do that. As it happened, I probably got a uh, the first job I got. So you know, it, it makes me kind of smile thinking about it. Do you know? You know when you get like a takeaway leaflets or yeah. conservatory leaflets through your door? Leaflet. That was my first. Yeah, exactly. That was my first ever proper job. So we come to a point where it's like September time now. I got released in June. We fast forward to September 2012. Build the build the money still going out. The money's still not coming in, so I need to get a job. Okay. Um, so I think I read the job description wrong, or or it was the wrong job. I don't know which way around it was. Um, but yes, yeah, so that was a job. So from nine till five, it was going around leaflet dropping in people's houses. So here's a map, here's an area, here's the leaflets, go and drop them around. 
So I remember that, yeah. We've I think it was about February 2012. We played Arsenal in a reserve game. So Reading versus Arsenal. So you had Ramsey playing, uh, Diaby playing, Shamak. I think Santos was playing, Chamberlain was playing. All these like stars, and you're like, yeah. Uh, and then fast forward six months, six seven months, and you're posting spam through people's letterboxes <laughs> just to make ends meet. Um, yeah, that was a real shock. And so, kind of, you've got if you've if you've got a game on a Tuesday, you might be leafleting six seven hours, go and play on a Tuesday night, come back at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, then you're up on a Wednesday morning, six seven hours leafleting again. Um, so that was the combination of kind of the uncertainty of not not having a team, not having an income, but also going from the highs against playing against them them Arsenal players. Uh, stick and spam for people's letterboxes. Two sides of, of the same coin, isn't it, really? Yeah, I do. Obviously, I see what you mean. Obviously, following Northley, some of their games, like you're saying, like on the Tuesday night when you've been at work all day and you get it down at Taunton, you've got to go to yeah. and then play the game, come back, and you're back at one o'clock or that. Say if you're a builder or something like that, doing hard work the next day, you're going to be absolutely knackered. And you don't want to get injured. The amount of no. times I have to tell players off saying, don't injure me. I've got, got leafers to drop off tomorrow. I can't be injured. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Anything, Charlie? No, I think, it, I think it's like you're sort of making it a perspective of the real side things. Like for a lot of kids coming up now who always have these dreams, obviously I've been there on that, chasing that dream as well, is it's not always it's glamorised not a lot of these kids make it nowadays. So you've got to sort of see it from the bigger picture of, mm. and I think that's the main thing is obviously, and I think a lot of work does go in now behind the scenes of giving the kids an education as well. Um, and always making sure they've got a fallback plan because if they haven't, it's it's a dark place to be at times, I think, for a lot of people. I think, you're, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think it's also that less for your local team, so less for an Oxford or a Swindon yeah. was, you don't, you dream of playing in the Prem, you dream of playing in the Champions League, you dream of playing for England, first team. And this is no disrespect because I know players all throughout the leagues, but you don't dream of playing in Conference North or League 1 or League 2. That's not the dream. Don't get me wrong, there is some decent money to be earned. You can have a career, you can make a career out of the game. But if you said to an 8-year-old, 9-year-old, 14-year-old, who do you want to play for? Probably these shirts that we're wearing now. It's not Unless it's, like I said, unless your hometown team, it's it's the pinnacle you want to reach. So to not even get close, you know, to do that can be soul destroying for some people. Yeah, there was that um that young lad at Man City, didn't he? He committed suicide, didn't he? Actually, a year before. I've seen, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of and that it's a harsh reality. I think a lot of people don't realise within the sort of see. I went to UCFB, the football university, and sort of seeing the amount of people there that also have a similar story of couldn't make as a pro. So it's sort of the next full step is going into sports in the other avenues. And did you ever sort of think about doing that, like coaching or anything like that? Or yeah. So when you're fortunately now, I'm at a point now where I've kind of got a career off the pitch. Um, it took a while to get there, I will be honest. <laughs> I'm now at a place where I'm like, yeah, I can do this kind of, I retire almost. Uh, but to that, you are, to, I guess to answer your question, you are kind of around because you've been involved with sports. 
at whatever level um, you do think maybe personal training, maybe coaching, maybe as an agent, maybe uh, you go and do physiotherapy at uni, something kind of sports related or sports science, something like that. Um, the dream certainly isn't to, to drop leaflets through people's doors. That certainly <laughs> isn't the dream. Um, yeah, you ha and that, I think you mentioned earlier about the dark side, the ugly side of it, yeah. is yeah. that we all exist. We've all got kind of drawn income. Um, and it's an honest kind of day's work. Uh, not glamorous by any means. Um, but yeah, you do kind of scramble around. Um, PFA, they do... They were, uh, it'd be a lie to say that they weren't a help because they were a help. So what they do is they give you a, a £5,000 bursary. So what that means is that you can... I went and did, as I did, a personal training course for £1,600. You pay the £1,600 from you send them a receipt of that and your certificate, and then they'll give you £800 back or 50%. Okay. It's £1,000, they'll give you £500. If it's two grand, they'll give you £1,000. You get up to £5,000, um, which is great. It's a good initiative, um, but you are on your own. On the PFA from agents, only your family and friends have got in your ear and pushing you in, and kind of pushing you on to, to do what you need to do. So would you say on a mental side, you'd wish they'd probably done a bit more for you? Um, yes and no. The reason why I say no is because I, I do think it is on you. It is on yeah. me. The reason, the reason why I am where I am today is because of me. Um, don't get me wrong, there are kind of external factors. If a manager doesn't like you or doesn't say good morning to you in the morning, as was what happened. Uh, <laughs> I try and get onto that because I don't want to get in trouble. Um, yeah, there are external factors as to why I'm around, but predominantly, kind of 70, 80% of it, I think, is on me. Um, and so as much as I can say the PFA didn't do enough, it was on me to go out and get a job. It was on me to go and find another club. It was on me to try and live out those, that dream and sleep in my car if I needed to. Um, and I've always thought that football, regardless of football, that it is on you. And this, this lockdown we've had the kind of last year, uh, I think, that mentality through so we can't we can't control what happens to us but we can control how we respond to it is what I'm trying to say. right for the next one uh obviously we're going to you now monty and obviously your story um it was only obviously a couple of months ago that we had the story of obviously you going missing which Lucky enough, I went on my ped and went searching for you. <laughs> yes, mate, I sent you some petrol money. <laughs> Obviously, you two being so close to each other, mm. um, was Walcott in the know of any of this at all, what you were going through? Um, I think he knew bits and bobs. I, I, I've suffered with mental health, mate, for years. Um, I probably... It's probably happened about probably about six years ago. Um, like, well, when I first like got started getting the treatment, not treatment, but I like, started going on my, um, you know, my, my tablet sort of thing, the happy pills I call them. Um, but yeah, like I said, like I sort of Walcott sort of knew the ins and outs sort of thing. I didn't know what was going on either. Um, but I said it, it, it's 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 hard, really, mate. Because yeah, it's quite hard. A lot of it, where did it kind of stem from? Obviously, obviously at the moment, it's not exactly the greatest situation. And obviously, I no. know 
people that absolutely loves football, going out on a Saturday with your mates, playing your heart out, and then mm. obviously the social side of that must take make a massive hit for you, especially if you're suffering as well. Yeah, well, I think it started when I ruptured my ACL, which is probably well, must be coming up seven years now. I think I think it happened like the April time, then the following January, February time. That's when I got no, no. That's when I went to the doctor, sort of with my partner at the time, and that's when she said, you know, and explained, you know, when I ruptured my ACL. Um, obviously, you know, I was bed bound for. Oh, I can't even tell you how long I was bed bound for. Um, then obviously, you know, you're 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 watching Jeremy Carl led in bed. Do you know what I mean? You're eating junk food. You couldn't you couldn't do anything. Do you know what I mean? And you know, obviously now, you know, it's probably even worse this year because obviously this time last year, it's, that's when it got bad again. Um, you know, I was, you know, obviously, I've, well, I've said it's my, I've had problems with my back now, um, like sciatica and stuff. So I was in and out of work. Um, then obviously April time again, you know, come last year, you know, I got furloughed for three weeks. Um, then, like you said, you know, I was having more time off work with my back, so I couldn't do anything. Then, um, you know, it it got to a stage, mate, where I was. You know, I was drinking every night. It it got really severe. Like, and I'm not talking about a couple of beers. It was like, I don't know, three beers. Then I'd do a bottle of wine easy. Then two or three gin and tonics. Do you know what I mean? I stepped to four o'clock in the morning. It it got really bad, and that was my way of dealing with it. Obviously, with the the football side of it, do you reckon you wouldn't be? Oh, I suppose you would, obviously, because you had the injury. A mm. lot of a lot of your mental health can. Well, football can help massively, especially with the social side of it. Yeah, of course it can. Like, you know, obviously, because for the lockdown and stuff, do you know what I mean? A lot of people, you know, a lot of people have suffered, do you know what I mean, with mental health issues and stuff over the last, especially the last year with lockdown and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people's get out is to go and socialize with their friends at the weekend, you know, go work during the week, spend time with your family in the weekends for a few hours, you're going to see your mates have a beer after and that. And a lot of people see as that as their get out, you know. Obviously, with lockdown and that happening over the last year, not many people have managed to do that. You know, everyone's obviously locked at home or, you know, you, you know, for my get out at the minute, it's, you know, obviously I'm with the SAF boys and I sort of thing, you know, every night, I'm gonna, you know, not every night, but sometimes I'm with the PlayStation and that's just my way of keeping myself busy at the moment. And, you know, people deal with it differently. So people will go for a run and or, or whatever, you know, but, you know, keeping busy is definitely important to mental health. Like, if you, you know, it, it, it's got to, you know, it's got to do your brain a world of good and, you know, it, it, well, personally, I think it does, depending on what it is, but people have different sides of mental health, you know, people have different issues um, and they deal with things differently, when it, you know, so. It's like that, obviously, I, I completely understand where you're coming from when it comes to mental health, obviously, I've suffered with it for, well, not so bad now, I'm absolutely fine, but a few years ago of writing a, a note to your parents saying you don't want to be here mm. anymore so i completely understand where you're coming from yeah obviously, nice aside from obviously him having an injury as well so it's and it's one of those things that men these days they don't talk about it no, which is nothing nothing to be uh disheartened about you need to well people need to start speaking obviously this is going to be one of the groups if anyone wants to dm us Obviously, we always help, but it's an ongoing thing, and it's it's not not a nice thing to go through, to be honest. No, like I said, like you know, it got to us. Like I said, I was you know I was, I, I, I had a, you know I had a good life last time last year, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like, I had a partner, you know, I had my daughter, I had two step kids, you know, I had a beautiful home. You know, my partner, you know, was amazing. Do you know what I mean? And you know, obviously, me drinking every night, 
you know, you know, I was obviously I was taking painkillers during the day because I was my back, and I was drinking, drinking, you know, like drinking excessively. Um, you know, I was doing that every night for I couldn't tell how many months it went on for, mate. Then August, you know, and I, I was basically I was in this bubble where I thought it was acceptable to do what I was doing. You know, I thought it was natural, you know, staying up every night, drinking every night, you know, and it got to a stage where my relationship broke down, you know, and it, and it you know, it, it ruined me, you know, and it's not, it's not her fault, you know, I'm not, you know, it, but, you know, it, you, I can't blame her for my actions, you know, because she was, you know, she was supportive, you know, she said, go and get the help. And I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I don't know if it was just because I was ashamed or, you know, I, you know, you know me, I'm a kind of guy that too much pride about myself, you know, and like people, I don't want people seeing me as a, as a depressed person, you know, and, you know, like I said, it ruined my relationship, you know, and, like I said, like this, you know, I wrote my, you know, I got to the stage where I wrote my partner a suicide note. She come and collected my daughter. That day, I wrote a suicide note, gave it to her, turned my phone off, mate, and I, just, you know, I went for a walk around a lake, and I thought, yeah, I'm gonna do it here. And I had a load of painkillers on me, which I was gonna take with it, and I was, just, I said, like, I'm probably gonna drown in that lake. I had a bottle, you know, I had a bottle of booze in me, and then, yeah, then obviously I saw someone, which which made me get back in my car and do one sort of thing, and then. I ended up like Reading, like Reading Way, like a loop, come back down. Then I ended up at the services. I was at, you know, my phone was turned, well, it was in airplane mode. So I went to listen to music and stuff. And I accidentally turned my phone on well, off airplane mode. I had messages, messages, like people like trying to find me. I had a message from Tens Valley Police. I had people phoning me. Um, you know, it, it was a Wait really dark. Sorry to interrupt. Don't mean to interrupt you. The reason why I smiled was because. I, I managed to call you at the exact mm. same time. You, you took it off airplane mode. Um, yeah, he did. Three seconds later. Yeah, yeah. I my phone off. Off on his phone. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. It, it did. You know what I mean, you know. Yeah, I do remember, mate. Yeah, yeah. No, and like I said, you know, I was so I needed a pee. Basically, I needed the toilet. I was desperate. And <laughs> um, yeah, and obviously, I saw the messages. Um, obviously, like you know, like I remember one from from Thames Valley Police saying, "You report this missing person. Please call us." And when obviously when I pulled over the park, I had to go to the toilet. where I read it. There was a there was a cop car behind me. Lucky no one was in it. And I'll tell you what, mate, I've never driven so fast before away. Then uh, yeah, then um, also, I was I was going back. I wanted to go back to the place where I, you know where I was going to go the first time in just end my life because I I just couldn't cope with it, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's just I got in this. You get in this dark hole. Um, it's only because you get in this dark hole and like. You just, I just couldn't see any way out. And the only way out, you know, I know people might call me selfish and I'd leave my daughter and that behind my stepkids and my family. But when you're in that dark hole, that, that was the only, that was the only thing I could think of just to, do you know what I mean? You know, I was happy, you know, I wanted, I wasn't happy with doing what I was doing, but, you know, I wanted to do what I wanted to do because, you know, I had nothing to go in for me anymore, you know? It's just, you know, it was just the best way to deal with it, you know, because it had gone on for so long, my, my, my mental health and that. If I'd done something about it sooner, I could have, you know, but, you know, like I said, my partner at the time, you know, she was, you know, I, I felt, you know, I felt, you know, looking back on it, you feel guilty as anything because, like, she works in a nursing, a, a care home. So you can imagine with COVID and stuff, like, she's fighting COVID in there, you know, she's trying to keep the family safe. She's trying to, you know, going in there. And there was me at home, you know, just being selfish. We're looking after, she's looking after a two-year-old all the time. Obviously, my daughter's two at a time, you know, looking after her and she didn't get the credits she deserved, you know, and, you know, and, you know, for me, I have, I have ruined my family, you know, my little family I had, but it's a learning curve, life's a learning curve, you know, I'm back at my parents now, it ain't ideal, but now I need to keep going for my daughter, you know, and people need to speak up more about it, you know, like, you know, I know it sounds stupid, but that day was the best thing I ever done because the amount of support I've had from everyone, 
Like people message me now saying I'm getting on, you know, I'm having counseling once a week. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a long process, you know, you, you do have your good days, you have your bad days. I ain't going to sit in tonight. You know, I do have my bad days, but more good than bad at the moment. And you've just got to keep going. You know, it, it, it will get easier. You know, my DMs are always open. So if anyone watches this or whatever, look, please DM me if you're feeling low, whatever I'll speak to you, I'll give you advice. You know, because I don't, no men, well, no, not no men, but obviously no person should suffer in silence. You know, don't be ashamed. Like if you've got a partner or, you know, or someone close to you, you know, you feel low, go and speak to them. You know, they won't be embarrassed. You know, I can promise you now they will support you. And, you know, even your doctors, as you know, the Samaritans these days, as, as, as good, like Talking Space and Oxford, they were brilliant with me, but they couldn't give me the help I wanted. You know, because I needed that, I needed that different help. You know, I needed that one to one. You know, and you know, I'll go private counselling now, and it's the best thing I've ever done. You know, and like I said, you know, you've just got to keep going for whatever reason it is. You know, like I said to you that day, I went missing. Obviously, Walcott came around after see how I was. I walked through that door when the police, when the police pulled me off. They pulled me over where I used to near where I lived because I was obviously ways where I was. I walked through that door. And my dad gave me a cuddle and he cried, and I was, that's that hit me. Do you know what I mean? Because I've never seen my dad like that. And when you Sorry. Right. <clears throat> when you realise what you had, and you know, and that you know, <laughs> when you see that from your dad, it, it killed me. But you don't like people will say like, you know, are you you know when you're moving, you know, it's, it's like living at home. You're not doing it wrong, but just keep yourself busy, please. Just keep yourself busy. That's all it's I like can say. Just... One of those things, Monty, is. I can always say in this world, if we ain't got you, it's a worse place. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you know, but the thing is, though, mate, like, it's, you you appreciate the little things. Like, as I say, it's nice being back up my parents, you know, but, you know, you, you, I missed, you know, because I didn't get the help when I should have done. Like, maybe I wouldn't have been, that day wouldn't have happened. You know, I would still be at home with my with my family, you know, like my my, 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 my ex-partner, you know, my daughter, my two stepkids, you know, like, you appreciate the little things, even if it's like, giving them a kiss goodnight you know telling them you love and you're going to work and stuff the little things like that you appreciate in life and now you don't do it it, it does hit you do you know what I mean but you know and I do have them days where I think about them of course I do you know and I'll be stupid you know and I'll be I'll be lying if I said I didn't but you just got to keep going like you know I, you know my life is getting easier to a certain extent and it I'm, you know but only because I'm I'm baby steps in a minute do you know what I mean like you know and with mental health mate it, it's not something that's going to happen overnight you know you know what I've learned is me killing myself is someone's long-term problem well in theory it is a short-term problem because they can get help you know there is lots of help out there and like I said met a lot of men especially men and I'll never forget I say I'll never get when I've got pulled over I sat in the back of a police car and they brought um like a, a, a help mental health uh woman from Whitney police station she sat in the back of the car with me and I had a good chat with her and like she asked me how I was feeling and she said, men are the worst people that don't open up. She said, they are terrible for it. And I think because we've got pride, you know, you want to, you know, men are pride over, you know, you want to be that man of the house, you know, you, you want to be that person, you know, you want to be strong. And sometimes you, you can't, you know, and it's no shame to be that, you know, feeling low is no shame at all. Like, especially like times like this where you can't even do anything, you know, and all I, all I say to anyone is just open up. It is the best thing I've done. And like I said, it's not, it is hard. I'm not going to sit and deny it. You know, it, it kills me. Like, you know, I don't have that time anymore with my family and stuff. I see my daughter every weekend now rather than every day. You know, and at the moment, that's, that's, that's what she keeps me going. You know, and like I said, if you're in a similar situation to me, keep going for whatever reason. Give yourself a reason to keep going.
I promise you, you'll, you'll come out stronger than ever. And, you know, and I definitely feel stronger than before. I oh, don't get me wrong, love, but, you know, it, it is one of them things, mate, you know, like so a lot of men do suffer with it, you know, and, you know, I just, all I say to men is just open up. Like I said, my, my DMs are open. Like You can put my Twitter in the, in the chat or whatever after, you know, like, I, I, you know, if someone wants to DM me, then please do, because I will give you as much advice I can. And, I, you know, and all I can say is that day I had it, it wasn't worth it because you know what was it going to achieve you know and i know people fight their demons and stuff but you can fight you know you will fight you will beat the demons and you know and you know and that's one thing i'm fighting at the minute you know and but like i said i have more good days than bad you know and i'm back making cardboard <laughs> hey you know um you know it, it, it's good you know it keeps me busy mate do you know what i mean like you know like my work have been brilliant like you know and I've got great people around me at the moment, you know, and people like messaging me every day, sort of asking how I am just to check in on me. It's brilliant. And then that will, that really helps me like cracking on. Do you know what I mean? Like to keep going. So uh, it, it does get easier. They weren't checking to see if you were out, if they could get a lift to Cheltenham, are they? <laughs> no, someone said I ended up in Cheltenham. I was like, it's totally opposite way. I ended up in Reading. I'll tell you what, I was going to bang, I was going to get them a JC bang on the door so I could have a trial. See if they remember Jacob Walcott, but <laughs> sorry, man. Um, speaking of trials and speaking at Cheltenham, I don't know if you want to keep the same guy. So it's up to you. It's up to you. Uh, oh, mate, this is funny. I won't. I won't say too much because I don't want to get someone in trouble. But basically, I was in contact with the gaffer at Cheltenham a few years ago, <laughs> and I texted him. Uh, I said who I was. Not that he knew who I was, but I just thought I'd introduce myself. Yeah, I've got this really, uh, this really great goalkeeper. I think you should take a look at him. Oh yeah, what's what's his name? Yeah, it's uh, Chris Montgomery. Uh, I'll put some footage together, and uh, we've got any trial game coming up. So he mentioned there was a trial game, and then I messaged you the other morning. He said, "Yeah, I got your trial at Cheltenham." Oh mate, it's funny. But yeah, yeah. it's funny. He told me he's told me just, got really, just got released by Enchim or something. Bear in mind, I've, I've just like three months. Had my, I think three months after this, no, three months before this happened, I had my ACL surgery. So, yeah, it was in the summer. No, it was been a couple of months actually. I think it was your birthday or something. I got you a trial well, at and you threw it back in my face, mate. That, that's, that's the long and short of it. <laughs> yeah, someone with a beer gut, you know what I mean? I'll be like, you could have had, you <laughs> had a pint of Foster's or a, t- a can of Foster's by his, oh, on the goalpost. Oh, definitely. Oh. I would run that in my contract, mate. A foster top after the game and a clean sheet. I'd want a crate. Please say you sent that video. What we we had the other day. Of <laughs> no, <laughs> of what? Him to get through the trial, and then they see how good or bad he was. Not before. It. Oh, I know which one you're on about. Oh no. No, 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 no. That, that one, that one doesn't go anywhere. Like that's why I'm off Facebook at the moment because of stuff like this. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, so yeah, you know, Twitter, Twitter's, Twitter's all right, you know, just to keep up with gossip and that. But yeah, I, I know exactly what he's on about. Yeah. Oh dear. Well, then I have one thing. I saw you mentioned there, Monty, about SAF and what you've been doing there. Obviously, mm. people that don't know it, obviously, think obviously we're big FIFA fans anyway. I mean, wasn't obviously serious about FIFA are huge now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great what guys. Are you, uh, involved with there? Is it anything interesting or? Uh, so I'm, I'm a mod for a couple of the um, streamers. Um, as long as I've gone onto Facebook, and I was on a Twitch mostly because I'm not on Facebook at the moment. Uh, well, I've come off temporarily from my Facebook, so I need to concentrate on myself, sort of thing. 
Um, but yeah, I'm like I sort of, you know, I know all the mods, obviously, for Callum, obviously, he's the main man, you know, and they're brilliant lads. I mean, they're very supportive. Like, you know, they've messaged me saying if I need anything or pay for anything or whatever, they've been absolutely brilliant. And, I, you know, I'm with them most nights, you know, chatting to them and they're great guys, you know, they've got a great Discord and I was, you know, like making coins, yeah. you know, they are brilliant. If you want to make coins, if you spend a load of FIFA points, don't bother, join <laughs> the Seth Discord. I'll get the link and I'll put it, in, I'll get the link at the end of this and I'll stick I'll it to you. Yeah, channel. Yeah, because I promise you now, you will make loads of coins honestly I, I think it's eight dollars a month mate and i and do you know what man it's not just i make load of coins as well like i've made friends of life for them do you know what i mean they are top lads you know and honestly like every no i can't fault them like you know they are they are they're top class you know and you know, they I, have uh, spoke to cow the other day and i said obviously you was going to be on mm. i thought he was going to make a joke or anything like that but nothing but lovely words he said and said he couldn't wait to hear your story and obviously how brave you were. And obviously you are, because obviously a lot of people won't speak about this situation. Yeah, like I said, this is the only second time I've spoken about it, like what happened that day. Do you know what I mean? Obviously my counsellor knows. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it could have it could been a build-up of things, mate. Do you know what I mean? It could have been trauma from when I was a kid. I got bullied when I was at school. Um, you know, obviously my dad, I thought I was losing my dad when I was quite a young age when he got rushed to hospital for having a heart attack. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 I thought it could have been that, you know, obviously my daughter was nine weeks early as well. Do you know what I mean? Obviously she came out well that big when she was three, one and a half pounds. And I didn't get to hold my daughter for two days, you know, and it, 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 it was, it was hard. Do you know what I mean? Obviously I, and I was trying to be, you know, obviously my partner at the time, you know, like I salute her because, you know, she had two other kids to think of and, you know, and she had that as well. And obviously I was trying to keep strong. You know, I was trying to keep strong for the family, like be the man of the house sort of thing. And, you know, and, it, and it, deep looking down, it, it crumbled me, you know, but, you know, it, it, I said, the Saf boys, are, they are top class lads, you know, like, you know, I've met friends for life in there in the, in the Discord they've got. Um, you know, I, I promise you now, like, I was, I was the kind of guy who used to spend crap loads of points, you know, like loads of money on points. Now, I don't, you know, I've learned a bit of trading myself. And I promise you now, they're top guys. They will look after you. And I'm in there as well. So I'll help as much as I can, you know. So, yeah, just get involved in it. I promise you, you'll love it. We would ask Walcott what he'd uh, see about what his ultimate team is. But unfortunately, he's got a super team. Oh, mate, <laughs> he probably makes out he's still banned. He keeps telling everyone he's banned. Like, I beat, I've beaten him a couple of times and he'll, he'll say his internet went or something. <laughs> <laughs> then he thinks when I play him again for a rematch, he says, I can't. Oh, EA have banned me. Ever since Moby messaged me about this, I've been dreaming about this moment. This exact <laughs> moment. So, don't you dare cut this out either. <laughs> <laughs> Years ago, uh, I was wiping the floor with everybody Monty, Moby, strangers online, everybody. Cleared the, yeah, well, cleared no, the floor. Yeah, I was like, Wait, 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 let me cut in now. What team was you using? Accrington Stanley against Moby. You're a liar! <laughs> let me get into the story. There's, oh, Stanley, okay, there's okay. a picture of him as well. There's a picture of him in our group chat after I spanked you on FIFA. No, that's courage, mate. Don't you dare. Anyway. Is that me? Is that, was that me playing naked FIFA? Yeah. We yeah, weren't yeah, playing, but you, yeah. lost, you lost 7 0, and that was one of the forfeits. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was, yeah, a, so, that was definitely an all-time low. So basically, Charlie, Moby had a super team. He was, he was <laughs> Liverpool FC, but he was a super team. He oh, had yes. had Warren Moby in every position. Uh -huh. rated ni <laughs> 99, 99 rated. 99 defence, 99 <laughs> cross, 99 aggression. 
super team he was. I was Accrington Stanley, the, the actual Accrington Stanley. I beat you 1-0. I beat you 1-0. Yeah, you, yeah, fair enough on the result. But how did that goal happen? My goalkeeper went to kick it, kicked it your red, and it went in. <laughs> <laughs> a win's a win, my friend. And I was against Moby's super team as well. <laughs> yeah, Charlie, I am unbeaten on FIFA for the last decade, I'd say. Close to a decade. Oh, Anybody watching this? I'll go out and I've not had to buy FIFA. Like I said, they banned me, didn't they? I'll go out and buy FIFA. That's an open challenge now, I think, for anyone. That's me throwing the gauntlet now. <laughs> oh. you, you, you need to get that staff Discord, mate. Learn to trade to get a decent ultimate team then. Uh, that's that's immaterial. Man. Just give me just give me a controller, give me a time and a date, and I'll turn up. Mate, there's no classic eleven this year. There's no world eleven. <laughs> that's the only team you ever was when you beat everyone. Actually, I do have Wi-Fi problems, so I better, better get that sorted before I uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, of course you have, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Of course you have, mate. Of course you have. Well, so yeah, that was, that was the FIFA team. I think I think we covered a lot. Obviously, I think it's been a, a hard hit episode, but I think a lot of people need to realise. I think what was covered there is it's a big stigma in men is that we don't open up. And I think we all mm. need to get better at it. I think, like we said there, I'll put loads of links in below. Obviously, of our DMs, Monty's DM as well, Walcott's. I'll even put some of the most obviously the mind is a massive one that comes to mind for helping. Yeah, people. mind's a good one as well. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone who ever feels the need for help, it is always there and available for you guys to get it. Um, I think I'd like to thank obviously Walcott and Monty for coming on. You've been great guests, and I think we'll probably eventually have you back on. It's been a pleasure. Um thanks for having me. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Like I said, it's, only, it's the only second time I've shared my story with what's happened about my mental health and like I said, like, please just don't do anything stupid. Like, I've been there, I've done it, and you hurt so many people, like, you know, and just get help. I've said my DMs are open. Please, please, you're feeling rubbish, you know. Like, amount of people that have opened up to me, like I said, like, I've, I've, I've you know, I, I feel now how you're feeling. It was amazing because not many people, like, realise how many people are suffering, you know, and my DMs are always open. Please send me a DM. I'll help you. I'll talk you through it. I'll do anything I can to help you, like, it, it will get easier, I promise. That's one thing I can promise you now. It does get easier. So, please. I think that's so. Thank you very much for this week, guys. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for having me.